Father in heaven, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for honoring your word. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us and and giving us all things. You have given us all things that pertain to life and that pertain to godliness. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you, we praise you, and we honor you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to talk today about the fact that Jesus always touches our need. Amen. He always touches our need. Um, There is no place where you can see in the Bible where Jesus did anything that was not purposeful. And the testimony about his ministry was that he did all things well. And so in order to do that and to make sure that he uh, did the things that the father put on his heart to do and commanded him to do, it was necessary that he did the things that people sought him for, uh, that he did the things that, that were pleasing in the Father's sight. And the Father has a covenant with all of his people uh, of peace. And, and so if you think about what peace really means, you'll begin to understand why needs are met uh, primarily. You know, I mean, there's nothing that comes into your life Almost uh, without faith, there are some things that God does sovereignly, but God knows you need sometimes before you're even aware of it. And so, but but those things that we know that we have need of, he wants to, to bless us and he will bless us with those things. He will do those things for us. And so that's that's a reason to be thankful. That's a reason to honor him. And that's a reason to lift him up and to praise him and to trust him. Uh, with all of our needs. So he always touches our needs, and we should know that. So we have a covenant uh, of peace with God in Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 26. You'll see that, Ezekiel 37, 26. It says here, moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. Amen. It shall be for an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. Amen. So really, when you think about it, isn't that what is what's going on now with the new birth? God has put his sanctuary in the midst of us, that means in every single heart that that wants to receive him, he will come in and dwell with us. And so his his tabernacle shall also my tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people and the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. And so God wants to abide with us. That's a promise. And he promises us a covenant of peace. That word peace is is not just to be calm and and undisturbed and uh, have understanding that your future is good, that your future is bright. 
uh, that your future is is the way God wants it to be. Amen. It's it's gonna it's always a good future. It's always a good outcome. Uh, no matter what comes upon us, God turns it around to our good. He works things out. He heals. He fixes. Uh, he he opens up new ideas to us. We're never without ideas. We're never without options. Uh, we're never without um, a, a a way to go forward in the things of God. It, that's always a possibility for us. And so because faith is always available to us and faith really is is the I guess you could say it's the legal tender in the realm of the spirit. If you'll put your faith in God's covenant of peace, you will find that there is great peace for us. Uh, when God is involved, when we allow him to come in and take over, but know that he is there to meet our needs. He always wants to meet our needs and meet them first. And so um, I thought we'd talk about uh, what the covenant of peace is all about. It's unbreakable. God won't break it. He promises to bring us back to a place of peace which not only is blessedness, but it's it's undisturbed composure. You know, it's when you trust him, uh, you cannot be moved. Amen. Because he's not moved by the devil's advances. He's not moved by the devil's threats and challenges. He's not moved. And if we will trust him, then we won't be moved either. That's the way he wants us to live. And this, uh, in, and to, to demonstrate his covenant that, that there's something different about us, that we're not dependent upon the world system. We're not, um, we're not here. And you know, that's being challenged, uh, on an everyday basis. The enemy always mounts up a challenge to our faith in God. But, but we need to hold on to that. We need to hold on to God's sovereignty. We need to hold on to his goodness. We need to hold on to his mercy above all things because he will not fail us. He will not leave us. He never will forsake us. He always comes and answers for us. Amen. He's there for us. Amen. So that word, uh, the Old Testament word for peace is shalom. And it really means a quiet ease. A quiet ease. So there's a quiet ease about our lives. There's no um, um, harassment, uh, upset, anxiety. Uh, we're cautioned in the word to be anxious about nothing. There's nothing to be upset about. There's nothing to be anxious about. When your heart is fixed on God and, and on his love, then you trust him. Amen. You trust him 100%. And, and there's no doubt about your trust for him. It's, it's, you know, sometimes we'll get concerned about, are we living up to the, to the end, our, the end of the covenant? And, and really to live up to it, really you just have to keep believing God. Amen. Your faith is your righteousness. Amen. Your faith is your righteousness. And, and many times we think, well, if I was, if I would do this, it would happen faster. If I would do this, it would, it would be this. Or, you know, you get all those kinds of ideas. 
But at the end of the day, what else can you do except trust God? Amen. He's looking for faith. That's what he's looking for. And and when he would talk to the disciples and ask them where was their faith, that meant that he couldn't see it. It wasn't in him. It, the, he couldn't feel it. It was, you know, when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus and he knew virtue went out of him, he knows when we're in, we're touching him with our faith. Amen. And so if you if you slip off and, and you you got doubt in your head, just say, God, please forgive me. I thank you that I continue to to trust you. I continue to believe your word. I just believe your word, period, that I am healed. Amen. That I am whole. I am I am made whole and I am prosperous. I am wealthy. I'm all the things that your covenant of peace provides for me. So peace is a big word that encompasses many other words that God wants to to uh, shed toward us. Not only quiet ease, but it means prosperous, wealthy and abundance. So God has abundance of all things to bless us with. Amen. If, if, if you aren't feeling well, he has abundance of health to bring to you so that once you focus in on the fact that you're healed, you know, and you, you know, if you, if you have to spend the day in bed, spend the day in bed with the word. Amen. And then feed your spirit that word of God and know that abundance of health is still yours. See, it's not, it hasn't gone anywhere. You just have an attack on your body, but a hu- abundance of health is still yours. Uh, the same thing, abundance of wealth is yours. Whatever you want to set your head to, God says he'll make it prosper. He'll make it be right for you. He'll make it come through for you. Amen. And so once you understand that, that he has that in abundance, it doesn't matter what the world says. The world says there's lack. You know, the world, they're about to start rationing toilet paper again. And I'm thinking to myself, please, Lord, not again. Amen. It's like this thing is is a vicious cycle. It keeps popping up over and over and over again. Uh, this fear of lack and this threat toward our abundance and, and all of that. But God is depending on his people to believe him. Because there are some people out here that don't have God and are desperate. So, and, and you know, the more you listen to the evil report and doom and gloom and the lack reports, the more you put your confidence in that. And so there are people that's all they know is to be fearful about their future. But God has told us not to be like that. Why? Because we have a covenant of supernatural peace with God. It, it means to be complete and sound in body. Amen. And I believe sound in mind, too, because once you have peace, your mind is sound. You're not worried about every little thing that comes along. You're not concerned about how you're going to do this or how that's going to happen. You know, I I realize that much of, of my mental exercise still is trying to figure out how God's going to do something. And I thought to myself, I said, God, you know what? Your word says only believe. Not believe and try and figure out. Not believe and try to say when. But only to believe it will come to pass. Amen. We don't need to know when everything is going to happen. Most of the time we don't believe it anyway. You, you set a date on something and next minute you know, well, how am I going to know that's true? You know, you, you're still nervous about it. Amen. 
Sister Edder was kind of interesting. She was a prophetess. She's a very powerful woman, uh, uh, really before the Azusa Street outpour of the Spirit. And uh, she moved in the gifts of the Spirit. She was one of those people. People would come. They were, they were uh, uh, you talk about being heathens. Man, you know, like we see people now that are, are godless people because they've been taught any better. You know, they do all kinds of things and without thinking it's anything wrong with it. But back in the day, they would have meetings where the devil would just work people up. They'd go out, get drunk and come into her meeting and want to try and stop the meeting. Amen. And and people would there were several people that dropped dead right on that stage trying to stop her from because the anointing was so powerful. And God, there were people out there wanting God to help them. And he's not going to let the devil come in there and stop, you know. And she would warn him sometimes that, you know, God had, had said if they don't quit, you know, he was going to take them out of here. And, and some went out like that. And so, but but she was one of those people that that totally was given over to God and given over to obedience to him and given over to his peace. Amen. And it's a marvelous thing when we see people who are are totally dependent upon the peace of God for everything they do she was in in the tent one evening and a, a one of those kerosene lanterns that they use kind of exploded on her and and burned her face and, and she just began to worship God and thank him for his shalom and his healing and her skin was perfectly whole that that evening by the time the meeting she didn't even miss the meeting you see what i'm saying and so these are the things that 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 god has has put forth for us in his peace you know uh thank god we don't need that kind of intervention every day but if you do my goodness it's there for you so always trust god he wants to keep us in a state of well-being there's abundance health for us. If our health is challenged, there's abundant health for us. Uh, you know, uh, until the Lord calls us home, you will fulfill the length of your days. You will have health and wealth until the day you leave this earth. You need to start believing God for it and thank him for it. Amen. Just thank him if you don't feel like doing it. Thank him if you're not sure that word applies to you. Thank him anyway. Amen. And And watch that word come alive in you. See, thanksgiving always brings increase. If you got a little bit of faith in that word, the more you thank him for it, the more it increases for you. Amen. And he will give you the abundance of peace. Amen. So he works everything out for the good. There's nothing that happens in your life that's uh, of an upset nature that he won't fix. So look at him as the great fixer. Amen. You know, you can't avoid everything. The Bible says in the world you'll have trouble. You have your share of trouble. But to be of good cheer, amen, because he's overcome the world. Don't spend one day in a, a, a down and, and uh, uh, you know, discouraged mood. Just be of good cheer. He's already overcome the world. Amen. He's, I mean, he's put it in the category of not being powerful against you. That's what overcoming means. It's not powerful against you. So nothing that the world has to offer has any power against you. Amen. 
And we have to live like this. We have to get out of the habit of thinking every time that something happens that, that we're not satisfied with, think something's wrong with us. Amen. You start pointing the finger, what I do wrong? God, what did I, where did I miss it? I thought I was believing you. And I thought, I, you, you understand what I'm saying? Is run through that devil's inventory of checking your righteous self out for the umpteenth time. When God's already declared you righteous. As long as you're believing him. See, the devil wants to get us over an unrighteous territory where we quit believing God. Amen. Well, you can't quit believing him. <laughs> you can't afford not to believe God. So put your faith in him. You know, get your faith out of neutral and park. Amen. Dust it off. You you waiting for something big to use it for. Use it for small things. Amen. Use it to get you a parking spot at the right place. Amen. Yeah, I was I was going into Sam's the other day and here they are. I, on my day, I'm coming to Sam's. They decide to to put some new asphalt in the parking lot. You know, always right in front of the the door where you come in, you know. And so I'm sitting there and I'm I'm wondering how do I get this real nice parking space? Now usually I I believe God for them all the time and if there's not one available where I like it, I'll drive around once maybe and then by the time I get back it's something, you know. And so I drive right up to one of my favorite ones. I said, mm, "What's going on here?" So I see all this yellow tape around everywhere. Then I see all these people trudging for for miles trying to get back to their cars i said wait a minute time out huh you know you grab the ball ain't nobody throwing the ball while i'm i gotta investigate everything so i saw what the deal was they were they had the the whole front of the store yellow taped off so i'm thinking i said i could bogart that yellow tape and try to pretend like i don't know no better you know what i'm saying but I, I devised another plan. So I just parked close to where the yellow tape was as I was driving up. There was a woman packing her her car. And so I said, Lord, thank you to hold that space for me until I come around again. Sure enough, just as she was finishing up, I was coming up. Amen. And got in my space and walked like 10 extra feet and got around that yellow tape. I was at the end of the yellow tape and went on in. And got my stuff and went on out. Amen. And as I walked out, there were still more people walking for miles trying to get back to their car again. I said, well, Lord, I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for favor. See, that's how you use your faith all the time. You can't let your faith go dormant and just sit there, you know, collecting mothballs for when you want to take it off for something what you call big. Everything's big to me. Amen. <laughs> it sure is. You know, I live in the world of big. Yeah. Amen. So that when my faith, when I need it for something that's more challenging, it's already out there. It's already being used. It's already being strengthened. It's already, you know, in the small things. Amen. If you want to call them that. Everything's big and everything's small at one point. What was small yesterday can be big today. Amen. And so keep your faith out there. That's all I'm saying. Always have a some kind of faith project that you you are working on and trusting God with that 
uh, so that your life can always be blessed. You won't have to, uh, you know, like Barney fight when they he had to pull his gun out. You know, that's like your faith. You wiggle it and try to, and your hand is nervous trying to get that one bullet in there. That was probably a blank. He never got to shoot that one bullet. But you know what I'm saying. You don't want your faith to, to be dusty when you pull it out and think you're waiting for something. Oh, I don't, I could just do that. You know, you can't. If you think you can, you just, you don't know what's really going on. God enables you to do everything. If it wasn't his will for you to do it, you wouldn't do it. And it couldn't get done by your power. Amen. Not by might or by power, but what? His spirit. Amen. Let him lead you. Get your faith out of mothballs. Start start declaring some things. Worshiping God. Allowing him to let you put your faith uh, into operation. Amen. So it, it, God also promises us this covenant of peace is for our welfare, for our health, and for our contentment. He wants us to be content. It is also for friendship, and that is peace in human relationships. So this covenant of peace, God wants us to have peace in all human relationships, especially with people in the household of faith. Amen. Don't let some little, you know, small thing is really small when you think about it. Don't let some small thing cause you to be at odds with somebody, you know, especially God's people. That's just not right. He's not going to. It's just like if if you're in a family and and your children, two of your kids don't get along. That's a heartbreaking thing for a parent. You know, you you want them to, to love each other and live so that they can be at peace with one another. You don't want these fallouts. Amen. You want that. And so God wants the same thing. He wants, you know, pastors, if they're any good, they want their people to get along. Amen. You know, why would they set pit one group against another group? You know, you know, and people do it in churches. That's done all the time. Well, we got, we go, uh, let the, this auxiliary and that auxiliary and see who raises the most money for their, you, you're competing against your own people, against the household of faith. You know, you may think that's a way to motivate people, but not in God's house. The Holy Ghost motivates you with the word. Amen. You know what to do, the right thing to do by the word of God. And you don't need to compete with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Not in the house of God. You know, and if anybody likes doing that kind of stuff, shame on you. You know, I'm not going to apologize for that. Because that causes more division. Then they wonder why people don't get along. Amen. And so we have to cultivate that that atmosphere of uh, peace in human relationships. And once you carry peace, God makes you a peacemaker in other situations where people might be at odds, but but you carry peace into that situation every time you go into it. Amen. So so we have peace in human relationships and peace with God in covenant relationships. So our first piece is with God. No animosity, no unforgiveness. Amen. No misunderstandings between us and God. Amen. It's a little hard sometimes because there are times when we don't understand everything. And we, we may feel that God is not being fair with us in some things. You know, you look around and see, well, so and so 
got this and so and so got that you know it'll shock you how many people break fellowship with a congregation because they're disappointed in the results they get from god amen and don't know to go to him and repent and ask god to give them understanding of things you know there's some hard things that we have to endure in life and everybody will feel from time to time that that it's not fair what they're what they're doing but everybody has difficulty you know you you don't nobody likes it either amen but but you can endure it and you can get through it in god if you will trust him and keep Keep, keep peace between you and God. Keep that open door of fellowship. And, and you say, God, I just don't understand this. I, I don't know why this happened. And I don't know why this didn't happen for me and uh, why I'm still waiting and all that. But in, and keep that open door with him and that honesty and don't let it turn into bitterness. Amen. Because then your covenant of peace, your peace is disturbed. Amen. And and the devil likes nothing better than for God's people to be disappointed in their life, in their results in their life, and and have all the strife on the inside of them and animosity. Um, but 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 there is a place where we can go to God with these things, and and you know sometimes it's just God catching us off guard, and we'll find ourselves thinking something wrong. Or saying it, you know, out, out of nowhere and, and, you know, and you catch yourself and you say, Oh God, is that how I feel? Is, is that what's inside of me? God, please help me. I don't want that. I don't want to be offended in you. I, I don't want that. Amen. And, and begin to work on, on your faith and work on your relationship with him where you again gain confidence that God is with you 100%. Amen. Like, uh, I call him Pastor Shirley's uh little Vietnamese couple. There's this couple on uh Facebook. Uh this guy walked to Ann Arbor around Christmas last year. His wife had had an aneurysm in three strokes or four strokes. I forget what it was. And uh he he said, Jesus is gonna give my wife a miracle. So I gotta go see my wife. And <clears throat> they didn't want her to have any visitors, but because of her critical condition they allowed him. Well, he lived in Defiance, Ohio, which is probably 90 miles from Ann Arbor. And he just put it on Facebook that, that he wanted prayer for a miracle for his wife. He said, Jesus is going to give my wife of God is 100% for real. That's what he says all the time. He's 100% for real. And it's been over a year ago. She's still having her challenges, but he hasn't changed his confession. He hasn't changed and his heart hasn't changed toward God. He still expects good. And he, along the way, he found people who wanted to encourage him and they walked with him. So he had him a little caravan of people walking, you know, to see his wife. God has given her several miracles. She came home after that. She had three brain surgeries, I think, and, and came home and was, they had put a stair lift in their home because they have a, a an apartment over their business which is downstairs from from where they live she was on that chairlift maybe about a week and then she was pulling herself up with one arm up those stairs amen and just making progress every single day uh that god gives them and he never right now he's carrying a cross for god 
He said that God told him he wanted to use his hands. And as he carries the cross, he stops and prays for people and tells them God is 100% for real. Amen. Prays for many people to demonstrate God's great love for him. Is is he trying to manipulate God? I don't think so. You can't manipulate God because God's already freely given us all things. Amen. You know, people look at that and say, well, you can't make God give you a miracle and you can't force him to give. But you can honor him. Amen. You can lift him up. You can preach the gospel. That's a mandate for everybody to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he always lifts God up and lifts up Jesus. And so, you know, when we understand the great peace that God wants us to have, and how he doesn't want, and this man doesn't blame God. You never hear that in his voice. You know, I, I don't know what he might say in his quiet time, in his private time. But, but you know, his wife's a young woman. They're they're both in their 30s, I, I believe, still, or, you know, upper 30s. Young people yet. But are are they blaming God? No, he's very thankful. He thanks God every day that my wife, my wife is healed. She's 100%. I'm praying for her to be 100% better. And so it's, it's things like this. When God sets people in the earth with this type of message, it's for all of us to examine our hearts and say, God, where do I stand as far as my relationship with you? Do I have peace with you in all things? Have I put everything aside and decided it's all forgiven? And I love you and you love me and I have peace with you and I trust you. Amen. And so it's a good thing to always, you know, when you see people like that, you need to look and say, God, what does that mean in my situation? You know, these people don't just pop up for no reason or out of nowhere or anything like that. They're before us as an example if they're exalting the Lord. And so it's a good thing to say, God, this man has had some real challenges but yet he praises you. Amen. It's a yet praise. Amen. And then after a yet praise, it's a sincere praise. And after a sincere praise, then a, a, a sincere love. Amen. In God. And so I'm just thankful that God has this for us and he's willing to do these things for us because we love him and he loves us. Chuck, how you doing back there? You want me to pray for you now? I can. Don't no, don't look, Chuck. You either do or you don't. I can pray for you because if it's bothering you, I'll pray for you. I just remembered. Oh, okay. Well, you're healed. You need to say that or at least agree with it. <laughs> well, come up and get it now. And because. Uh, This ain't no quiz, Chuck. It's, it's a yes or no answer. or Okay. Now, pain, lever in Jesus' name. Go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. By your stripes, she is healed. And she's healed now. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, sorry about that. The Lord just reminded me. That you had asked for prayer, but you was around here dancing and carrying on. I couldn't find you. But hey, we all good, Chuck. Yeah. And just let it work on you. Just sit there, you know, until it leaves. It's got to leave. Amen. It's been commanded to leave in Jesus' name. So.
the name above all names. Amen. Sickness can't stand in front of that name. So we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So this uh, uh, covenant, the peace also means a voluntary sacrifice of thanks. Amen. So your peace is your voluntary sacrifice of thanksgiving. Amen. So thanksgiving is seen as a sacrifice. Hello. Amen. So, so when you think about what can I do to before God to show him that I trust him, show him that I love him, show him that, that I appreciate him being with me, you can offer up thanksgiving. Amen. It's, it's a blessing to be able to have that sacrifice on the altar of God. Amen. Because then it's always acceptable. The Bible tells us that if 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 we have a need to let that request be made known unto God. Amen. And to offer a prayer, supplication, season it with thanksgiving. Amen. Put the sacrifice of thanksgiving. That's your altar. When you pray, you pray at the altar of God. And what sacrifice do you bring? You bring thanksgiving. Amen. Praise is also a sacrifice, seen as a sacrifice to God. But come to him with a thankful heart. Always. You know, it's, it's good to just sometimes sit and, and think of, of where you've been and where God's brought you to. And if that doesn't put thanksgiving in your heart, you know, nothing will. And just thank him. Lord, I thank you for for saving me. And, and you know, I, when I got saved, I was just wanting help. I'd I didn't want the kingdom. I didn't know about the kingdom. But I thank you that you not only helped me, but you gave me the kingdom too. Amen. And so I'm able to to receive the benefits of your covenant of peace. It's always there for me. It also means to be safe and unharmed. Amen. To be safe and unharmed. One of the Hebrew translations or thoughts behind that, nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. <clears throat> you need to know that sin is what disturbs our peace. Amen. Sometimes it's the sin of unbelief. We just refuse to believe that God is working with us. He's working even as we speak. He's, he, the Bible says it's God who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. And so God's pleasure is not to see us in lack. It's not to see us missing anything. His pleasure is to see us healthy, whole, prosperous, all of the things that it says here in this, this uh, definition of peace. Amen. Healthy, whole, prosperous. That's his good pleasure. To bring us health. It's his good pleasure to bring us a miracle if we need. If we want to call it a miracle, then call it a miracle. But he'll do it as his good pleasure. Amen. And so once we understand that God is for us in the things that we so desperately need. Amen. He doesn't want us see us lacking in anything ever. Amen. Ever. That's not his delight. That's not his desire. Even though we may have lack and and it may go on for a season. But he provides for us in the midst of lack. 
you ever seen that? There's a lack out there. There's a lack in here. If there's lack out there, say there's a famine or say there's a a, a, a tornado or anything, the elements in the world may be screaming lack, but there's abundance on the inside where we are. Because we can begin the the process of seeing the provision manifest on the outside of us from the abundance on the inside. So when God gives us an abundance of peace, that means we have an abundance of every good thing, every necessary thing, every provision, every, you know, you see these people selling you dried food. And be honest with y'all, I'd rather take my chances with with wet food than to start looking for some dry. I mean, it ain't light. It ain't that bad in my estimation just yet. You understand what I'm saying? I'm off that, you know, I go, my Amos 9.13 says, I will always have fresh vegetables. Amen. I don't care what happens. <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's something you look forward to? No, you pray that thing away. You say, no, God, I believe Amos 9.13. We will always have fresh vegetables. Amen. We will always have abundance of every good thing. Amen. Even though the fig tree may not blossom, you're going to make a provision for faithful people. Amen. There's a remnant of people that that are always believing God. I don't care what's going on in the earth. He sets aside for himself a remnant. Amen. Remember when Elijah thought he was the only one that hadn't bowed the knee to Baal? And Jesus said, get real. Huh? Dude, prophet, whatever you want to call yourself, you ain't seeing what I see. I don't care how much you think you know. Huh? So I got 500. What, what do you say who haven't bowed the knee to Baal? At least I got a lot of people stashed away. And they probably praying for you. If the truth was told, he needs intercessors all the time. God's always got people that pray. He's always got people that believe him. He's always got people that will be touched by his word and by what he wants in the earth. He's always got a people that are faithful. Amen. He's looking for faith. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He, In the end, God wins everything. Amen. So he's not going to let this world just go to hell because people are evil down here. He raises up righteous people. If if it's just down to one family, he'd done it before he'd do it again. Amen. And so God knows how to keep righteousness in the earth, folks. Don't don't ever underestimate the head of the church. Huh? He knows how to do his job. So he let Elijah know. He said, Well, brother, if you if you hanging up your your boots, hang up your boots. But I got a lot of people down here I'm working with. I'm working with it even as we speak. And so God is working in our situation, even as we speak. We don't have to ever think that because we don't see something changing or see something happening, that God is not at work. Amen. He's always at work. Amen. To will and to do of his good pleasure. He's a performer. Amen. He likes to perform his word for his people. Amen. And so he wants that covenant of peace established in the earth. He wants it unshakable in his people. Why? So we can get the benefit of it, number one. 
Amen. If we're crying out for provision, he's the provider. So he'll get it to us speedily. It, it's 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 no good if we, we starve almost to death and then the provision shows up. Amen. So begin to get in sync with his timing. Believe him for working on it all the time. Amen. Believe him for doing these things on a consistent basis, on a continual basis. Amen. He's at work to will and do of his good pleasure. He's always working. That's what Jesus said. He said, the father works and therefore I'm working too. Amen. And so for those of us who understand that the father's working, we're constantly before him. What do I do, God? What's my portion? Jesus worked because you work. And I'm expecting that you're working for me. And, and, and I do know that you're working on my behalf. So what's my portion to do? What's my work? More than likely, he'll tell you, just continue to believe. If, if there's something more specific, he'll give you that. But continue to believe him. Amen. Because he honors faith. He really, really does. Use your faith the best way you know how. And he honors faith. Amen. We have strong faith. We have strong consolation because of his oath. Amen. And his, we have a prepaid covenant. Amen. It's paid up already. Amen. Men, man-to-man covenants are sworn on a person's life. You know, I, I pledge my life. If I don't keep this promise, I'm, I'm your blood brother forever. I'll take care of your children and your children's children, and my children will take care. They will be friends forever. Or we will take our lives. We forfeit our lives. Amen. And people will come and revenge and kill one another. Well, Jesus already gave his life. So there's no promise. It's a done deal. He already gave his life for each and every promise in that Bible. So it's already been forfeited. He's already proven. It's not a token. His blood isn't a token. It's not token blood anymore. It's totally spilled out blood. Amen. Where he's already demonstrated his sincerity in this covenant that he will not go back on his word. Amen. And that's something that you can definitely uh, put your trust in, put your faith in, put your confidence in it because his life has already been given. So he doesn't have to promise to take his life if he doesn't keep his word. He's already given it. And that's what keeps his word is his shed blood. And so it's it's a good thing. Amen. It's a it's a worthwhile thing. We just love you, Father. and We thank you for giving your life for us, Lord. That it's not a token blood anymore, but it's full payment, Father, total payment, a life for life. And, Lord, we thank you that we can step into the life of Christ where all things provided for. There's no sickness. There's no accident. There's no injury. There's no misgivings. There's no um, nothing. No plague comes near our dwelling. Nothing that we have to continue to contend with and live with from the powers of darkness and Satan we rebuke you right now by the authority of the blood of Jesus and we thank you that the blood speaks better we plead the blood of Jesus over our situations that are not quite right right now and we thank you that the shed blood is full payment for what we desire from you and we love you and we honor you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Amen.
So, we, you know, sometimes you got to steal some things in God. You know, it's it's always a good time to, to declare and pray and set time aside with God for, for those things to manifest on our behalf. Amen. So, um, so in Second Peter, Amen. One, two, Pete. One, Amen. God has given us sixty-six books of promises, and and there's a purpose in it. It's not just to take care of us which that is very important. He wants us cared for. He said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Amen. And so he, he cares for us, loves us, takes care of us. Uh, nothing's in our lives that we need not have anything in our lives that cannot be made perfect and cannot be healed. And so in Second Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 4, It says at verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. We're born again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. So, So nobody can steal this. You know, inheritance are stolen all the time. But we have one that's incorruptible and undefiled, which means it cannot be degraded. It can't be put down or pulled down. Amen. It's a holy inheritance and and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. So what more do you want? You have an inheritance in God reserved in heaven. It's got your name on it. He saw fit to make provision for each and every one of us in advance, and it has our name on it. Amen. It's like you got a locker up there where your stuff is. Amen. And God has the key to it. Amen. And it's it's the key of faith, and He can release faith to you for those things through His Word. Anytime you have a need for it, He releases faith through His Word to that to you. Amen. And he says, who are kept by the the power. Let me see. Where am I going with this second? Oh, Lord. I mean, first Peter was good anyway. I like that. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Hang on. I'm going to go to the to the two Peter. Two Peter one. Amen. (laughs) So in verse two, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. So grace, the ability to believe God, the ability to to obey God, the ability to receive from God. Amen. By grace, we are provided for through faith, just believing him. And he gives grace for grace. So he gives more on top of what you have when you operate in his grace. He never runs out of it. It's a renewable resource. Amen. Like all these people talking about renewable, sustainable. Now y'all ain't, y'all ain't done nothing yet till you walk in the grace of God. It is a renewable, sustainable resource from heaven. Amen. And he says, grace and peace be multiplied 
unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power that you have inside of you and I have inside of me, has given unto us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Now, what more can you want? If you don't have anything, everything you want that pertains to life, and you sit up and wonder, oh, what did I do wrong? And why isn't he here yet? Well, you got everything to pertain to godliness. So you're not lacking in godliness either. Amen? You just got to believe it. God, you have made me holy and righteous through your covenant, even the forgiveness of sins. Amen? Even the uplifting of my soul from discouragement. All of that, Lord, you've given me everything that I need for my peace and my well-being. Amen. Through the knowledge of him that is called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Amen. So promise first, first promise is seek the kingdom of God. Isn't that right? You inherit the kingdom first and foremost. It's not, I ain't important. Let me get my stuff. You don't push past the kingdom and get stuff. It's impossible to do it. Amen. I'm here. I'm a witness. I'm here to tell you. Greedy folk don't get nothing from God. Amen. Repentant people do. Righteous people do. Holy people do. And people who seek the kingdom first do too. Amen. And he says, if whereby it's given to us that we might be partakers of number one, the divine nature first, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So that lets you know lust won't get you into the kingdom. Amen. Lust does not operate as a kingdom commodity. It just doesn't. And so God strips us of that. You know, there's a lot of people that that, you know, are hanging on to some promises because they got the, the, the itches for things. And if see seeking the kingdom, being right with God has very little value to them. They just won't stop. Amen. We've created some monsters with some of the teachings that we've we've put before people. Because if you push stuff and you don't push righteousness, your your ministry is off balance. Amen. Because stuff follows righteousness. Got news for you. Amen. It does. You don't seek things. You seek him. The author of things. Amen. See, I learned that. You know, if you if you got a, a halfway decent marriage, you know that much. Amen. When your husband walks in, you ought to see that as the cha-ching, the bank provider. So I'm going to keep things right with him. I'm thinking about running around trying to squirrel away no nickels and dimes. Much money as that man makes? Are you kidding me? I'm serious. You know, I mean, seriously. My mother didn't raise no little we're just all real sweet, real sweet children. You know what I'm saying. You'll get stupid about things, but 
But if you got that much sense in a marriage, I know you have that much sense with God in his kingdom. Amen. Now, I know modern women, it's not, it's not, um, what we say, tasteful. Huh? I ain't trying to be tasteful. I'm trying to live. You understand what I'm saying? I don't care about taste. This thing is beyond taste. Amen. Amen. But I made sure I kept peace with him. Amen. Nobody's stupid. Your pets don't bite you when you feed them. Come on now. We ought to have at least pet sense. Same thing with God. We seek to serve him. We seek to please him. We seek to do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Amen. And so once you you put yourself in that place where you understand you have to please him with your faith in order to receive the promises, this is a relationship. That's what relationship is. It's finding out what's expected of you. If God's going to open up the great treasure of heaven to you, there's got to be some expectation on your part, except begging and give me all the time. Amen. And so there's there's a place where God has has placed upon his people a certain dignity. Amen. A certain um, aspect to our lives that is righteous. It enriches us. It elevates us to the place where we can come to him confidently. One translation says boldly. Because of the blood, because of the paid price, but we come to him as his son would. Amen. And we come to him in likeness of his son. We come in with the same expectation as his son would have. And that is that the father is only going to do me good all the days of my life. Amen. And so if he's going to do me good, I'm going to seek to please him. Amen. Just, you just, there's no other way to look at it. Pleasing him every day, not just when you think about it. Let me see who I can go witness to or let me see. I'm going to get in my closet and pull some clothes out every now and then, you know, when you feel like it. This is a daily thing, a daily thing. Seeking seeking who needs prayer and, and who needs intercession, who needs the things or, or it's $20 to buy food until they get more money or whatever it is. Amen. And and that was you at one point. You know, one point twenty dollars would would have got you over real good. Amen. And and God provided it to you. So it's just only the right thing to do. Amen. And and so we we have to think along these. This is seeking the kingdom. This is keeping the kingdom alive, keeping it producing, keeping it on the increase. The things that we do that that pertain to godliness, very very important. What would Jesus do? That's a good question, and and that's a a question we don't need to ask because you can look in the Bible and see what he would do. You can you can know what's in your heart to do many times. There are certain things you want to do for God, and and, and he'll give you the means to do them. Amen. He won't fail on that. He, He always does. I know there was not too long ago I was wanting to do something for somebody, and and God finally gave me the the ability to do it. And back then when I was wanting it, it seemed like it would never come. But I I know not to live in the 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 doubt of where the desire is, 
See, there's sometimes you desire something and doubt rides right along with it. Amen. And I just put my expector out. I said, well, God, I thank you that I will be able to do this one day and that you're going to bring the provision for me. And sure enough, this year showed up. You got me? And and these are things are not because there are things people are hurting in the world. And I thank God for people who have ministries that minister to hurting people. And you can you can uh, uh, assist them. I I don't go. I'm not called to go. They are, but I'm going to send them off with be warm, be fed, be healed. I'm going to send them off with money and, and resources for what they need to do. And and so it's that's a way for me to keep my faith alive. So when I need something, my faith is right there, ready to assist me in in other things that I need. It, these are things that you do. The just shall live by faith. Amen. This is how we live every day. Believe in God for for everything. You know, whatever it is that, that's that's right in life, we believe it. And then abundance on top of that. Amen. God, I want to be able to do abundantly for a lot of people who are out here working for you. Amen. And and see to it that that these needs are met for them. This This is a good thing to do. Amen. It's a good thing to do. So we're judged righteous when we seek the kingdom first. So all things that pertain to life and to godliness are ours. There's no such thing as your faith isn't what it should be. Your faith is. Amen. (laughs) It is at all times. Why? Because we have the faith of our father Abraham. Amen. And not the faith that he had when he was stumbling, but his covenant faith. Amen. The faith he had when God changed his name. Amen. It's amazing how responding to his new name positioned him for a miracle. Mm. See, when God calls you righteous, you feel, you know, as low as they go on one of your off days, you don't. And you say, wait a minute, God, I don't answer to the name of discouraged. I don't answer to the name of anger. I don't answer to the name of wanting to quit or give up or faint. I don't answer to that. I answer to the name of righteous. I answer to the name of daughter of God and heir according to the promises. Amen. That's the name you answer to. And so on those days when you're feeling like "Mm, it won't happen or whatever, whatever, understand that he has given you godliness. Everything that pertains to godliness. You have the blood. You have his word. You have his his covenant. Amen. Abraham, every every time somebody spoke to him, after he let people know his name was changed. Amen. Don't call me that anymore. Call me Abraham. Amen. Don't don't leave out the ham. Amen. First right. Put that ham in there. Huh? For those of you non-pork eaters, I don't know you know what I'm talking about. Don't forget the ham. Because ham was his meal. Amen. Ham did him real good. Because every time he heard that name, his faith increased. His faith for miracle increased. See, God has a built-in way for your faith to increase. Amen. 
speak to him about these things. God, I need to have something where I can go to you when I'm low or when I'm I'm not believing or when I waver. Amen. And I want my faith to increase. And, it, and it's, it's his word. I mean, it, it, often it's just you get back in the word. Amen. And understand that your faith is always increasing because your attention to the word increases. Amen. Let your faith be built like that. Amen. Where Abraham had a change in name, where God kept him close to him at all times. He said, walk before me and be thou perfect. That's what he wants us to do. Walk before him and be perfect. That means to to walk in covenant with God in obedience to him. And when you mess up and and go and get distracted and can't find your way, then ask his forgiveness and, and apply the blood to the cleansing of your soul. Amen. Too many people walk around with bad feelings, guilt feelings and halfway faith. Your faith ain't working half the time and you can't figure out why. Amen. And you don't want to admit it to anybody, but you can admit it to God. He knows. He's the one who can fix it. Amen. And he's, it's just a closer walk with him. That's all it is. Amen. Just walking close to him and letting him lead you. Let him guide you. Let him be your strength. Let him be your peace. Let him be, you know, he's, he's the prince of peace. Amen. He's, he's there that all the time for that. So Peter says, we have all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So if we have all things, then we have no lack. Psalm 23 comes into to existence for us then. It comes to life for us. The Lord is my shepherd. If you're following him, that's your godliness. Amen. Uh, you have no lack. See, godliness has no lack. Amen. And when Jacob was, was uh, uh, he had been all his life, Stealing from his brother, tricking people out of stuff, finding people's weaknesses so they can play into his hands. He's a crafty little thing. Amen. But he finally turned to God. He had that moment where he realized he was tired of fending for himself. And he wrestled with God all night long or or an angel or a, a God-like creature you know you can say he wrestled with god because what did god do he changed his name israel it means you're strive you strove with god and prevailed so he beat god up and made him give him what he needed he said he prevailed amen so he fought against god and prevailed into the blessing as well as the inheritance See, he stole the birthright from his brother, but he lived many years without the blessing. And he knew he couldn't go any further without that blessing. Amen. And so when he when he finally came into covenant with God, you know, his father had conferred the blessing on him, but he still lived by his wits. Amen. It it wasn't due him until he got a, a confirmation from God that he was with him and he said surely the lord is in this place it's the first time he met him do you understand what i'm saying you can be quote-unquote walking with god and quote-unquote obedient to god but you don't have that personal one-on-one with him and we all strive against god are you kidding me how you get saved you prevailed you strove against him and you prevailed amen 
you God relaxed his anti against you and he said, Okay, you've proven you want me. Amen. So you can have it. So the blessing is yours. Amen. Many times people they're wrestling against serving God. Pray for them. Pray for them that, that they would prevail into God, into the blessing of God. And from then on, um uh Jacob would would say uh, my righteousness will speak for me because I know God approves of me because I met him in that place. I've had an encounter with him. So my righteousness will speak for me. Somebody who had been a trickster, who had, it, it, he, he could live with Laban because that was right up his alley. Laban tricked him and he sought ways to trick Laban. But after God came he, he after he he prevailed with God and God his righteousness he took on God's righteousness God gave him ideas for how to prosper even uh, under crooked Laban amen he prospered anyway so he prevailed over that he said I don't have to steal your cattle Laban my righteousness will talk for me first time that I'm sure it shocked everybody amen Jacob seriously but god changes he changes you changes everybody that has that encounter and so once we start on the 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 righteous road amen we we know that we will prevail with god amen right there's no law or no penalty against righteousness righteousness is your green light through every every intersection in life there's no law against it. It cannot be stopped. That's why Jesus wins. Amen. He's the victor over all all uh, uh, sickness, death, sin, everything, all iniquity. He he beat it. Why? Because righteousness is when righteousness steps in, nobody can speak against it. Nobody can say, oh, you don't qualify or you can't have or what you doing down here. All they can do is stand and watch in awe. As righteousness prevails. And that's what he's placed upon you and me. Not our righteousness trying to do good, be good, and say good all the time. But his imputed righteousness. Amen. That we wear. It's always freshly pressed, clean, and new every time we put it on. Amen. So there's no such thing as your righteousness won't work. Amen. It works overtime. It works to get the things in your life that you need. It'll work to get things your family needs. People that you meet on the street, if you'll stop and pray with them, it'll get things that they need. Righteousness prevails over darkness every single time. And over lust, over the flesh, over everything else. Amen. Righteousness will prevail. Amen. And so God wants us to to live in that covenant of peace where we have all things that pertain to life and to godliness available to us so we can put them to work by our faith and our confidence in God. He's the one who's going to perform it. If we'll leave it up to him to perform it, quit peeking, quit trying to see. You know, we all do that. Oh, just God, I just want to know. Is that right? Well, okay, God. All right, I trust you. Take my hands off again for the umpteenth time. Amen. But but let righteousness prevail. Amen. So his peace leads us to fruitfulness, life, 
and prosperity. Do I have one more minute? In Ezekiel 34, uh, um, yeah, Ezekiel 34, let me turn there. Did I talk about him already today? Ezekiel 34 and 26. Oh, I'm sorry, 37.26. Okay, I did that one, an everlasting covenant. Okay, thank you. So that covenant leads to fruitfulness, life, and prosperity. You know, the seed of the righteous prayer will come to life in your life. You'll see your kids do go right down the list. You check it off sometimes in their conversation and see them do exactly what you pray. But you got to pray and believe it. You quit feeling sorry for yourself and comparing your kids with other people's kids. You know, just just stop it. You know, it's it, 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 and put your faith in operation. Put the pity away and bring your faith out. Amen. God wants to see your faith. Amen. You won't get any anywhere feeling sorry for yourself because it's an affront to God for you to feel bad for you. It's insulting to God. I mean, anybody who bled and was beaten up the way he was to give you a good life and you turn it away with feeling sorry for yourself. Let's get real here, folks. Nothing's coming to you like that. Listen, I'm a witness. I was depressed and locked up. Crazy. You got me? Feeling sorry for myself. And God told me if I did not forgive people, I would be tormented like that until I forgave. Now you like that for a brand new Christian. So don't tell me people can't hear certain things. Go read your Bible. Then, if you want to hear it from me, read your Bible. But you won't insult God by making him feel like he didn't do enough for you. He did enough for you. Get your faith stirred up and start doing something for him. You start doing stuff for God, you feel forget about you. I'm a witness. Amen? He set me out on a journey in his word learning about him. And when he would open a crack of a door, he would see if I would go through and do what he wanted me to do. As a crazy person. Amen? So I had that reputation, too. So, you know, listen. That's another story for another day. But you need to understand that God has a life of righteousness for you. Quit wallowing in unrighteousness. Amen. Quit wallowing. Because if you come to me and try to get me to feel sorry for you, I'm going to tell you, you better use your faith like I use mine. You better forgive whoever you think is so wrong in your life. You better forgive them and keep it and keep a stepping. Because when you read the book of Revelation, it says the fearful, the unforgiving and all them people get their time in the lake of fire. Uh, No, thank you. Where I'm going is ice water running all the time. Amen. Much as you want. There's no torture, no torment. Why? Because I know for, by faith that he took all of that in my place. Amen. And that is not my inheritance. So start getting some joy in you. Start getting some faith in you. Start saying, God, I'm here. What, here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen. Send me to the, the dish, dish, 
the sink to do my dishes. Send me, to, <laughs> you know, here my Lord send me. That's where God, that was my first sending. You kidding me? He said, uh-huh, just do what you're doing and do it well. And do it with joy. Amen. He said, you'd be all right. <laughs> Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, that we have a full inheritance. We have all things that pertain to life and that pertain to godliness. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are the God who meets every single need that we have. There is no need that we have that is beyond your ability to fix it, repair it, and bring it back to life in you. So we thank you, Lord, for life in you, wholeness, soundness, Uh, resistance of disease all things father that pertain to life that's life and to godliness and we thank you father all right we'll do our declaration i don't have rona and she don't have me i can't get rona and she can't get me and father i thank you that by your stripes we are healed Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.